everyone and welcome back to another episode of the Historic Pinstripes. Again, my name is Brian and I have been a die-hard Yankees fan since I was about 7 years old. The goal of the Historic Pinstripes show, as always, is to preserve the rich history and tradition of the New York Yankees by discussing the greatest Yankees players and moments in Yankees history. So today's topic is going to be um, a tribute to uh, former Yankee manager Mer uh, Joe McCarthy, who was the manager after... Uh, Pretty much the next great Yankee manager after Miller Huggins. Of course, um, as I had mentioned in uh, previous episodes, you know, I think it was when I talked about the Murderers Row Yankees of 1928. Uh, in 1929, Miller Huggins passes away, I believe, because of blood poisoning. Um, but in 1930 and 31, the team was managed by Bob Shockey, who had retired. I believe he had retired right around there, and he had taken, took over the team as a manager. Then they ended up hiring... Um, Joe McCarthy, after he was fired, after I think it was at, toward the end of the 1931 season um, as the Cubs manager, and he was hired by um, the Yankees in 1932. So let's uh, start off this episode. So uh, Joe McCarthy was born on uh, April 21st in 1887 in Philadelphia, and he passed away January 13th, uh, 1978. In Buffalo, New York. Um, also, he was he, he was also a major league baseball player. He played 15 seasons in the minor leagues, and that's actually when he started uh, his managerial career. He was a player manager, I believe, for one year in um, in Wilkes-Barre, uh, which I believe is a is uh, the same area as uh, the Scranton Wilkes-Barre area in Pennsylvania. Uh, that was in 1915 when he was a player manager, and he was also a manager in the minor leagues for a team in uh, Louisville. Louisville, Kentucky, I believe, um, from 1919 to 1925 before he ended up getting his manage, uh, his shot to manage in the big leagues for the Chicago Cubs. And even with the Cubs, he, um, he he's actually the first manager ever to uh, once, well, in 1932, of course, when he, uh, his first year with the Yankees, he was the first, became the first manager to make it to the World Series in both the American League and the National League. Uh, no other manager had done that in both leagues before. And, of course, I think prior to that, most managers have been there for a very long time. Um, and I think most some other teams, too, had also had a lot of, like, player managers at that time, too. But um, this was when things were changing a little bit more. However, uh, so Joe McCarthy was the winningest manager in Yankees history. Um, he actually had 1,460 wins in his Yankees career, only 867 losses, that's good for a 627 winning percentage in his Yankees career. He managed 16 seasons in New York with the Yankees, um, which, uh, I mean, he, he had a 24-year managerial career. So he, he managed a long time. And it's 16 seasons in New York to manage that long in New York, is that, that, that's, that's a lifetime. That's, that's going to be, that, I mean, uh, think about how long Joe Torre was the manager and then add another four years. I mean, that's gonna. That's definitely gonna take a toll on on a manager. And um, anyways, well, let's, I'll get into a little bit more. So anyways, uh, so Joe McCarthy, as I was saying, he was hired in 1931, um, fired in 1931 uh, toward the end of the year by the Cubs. And of course, like I said in the last episode, the, there was a whole thing with Mark Connig, the shortstop for the Yankees, who was traded to the Cubs. Um, uh, I believe it was August of 1931, and you know, of course. You know, but the when when the Cubs had made the postseason, they didn't want to give him a full share of the postseason, and I'm sure some of it was because he hadn't played a full season. 
But at the same time, the Yankee players, his former Yankee teammates, didn't like that. And obviously some of that was just because they were so loyal to Mark Honig. Um, and they weren't really thinking from the Cubs' perspective. But anyways, regardless, uh, so Joe McCarthy, he started in 1932 with the New York Yankees, led them to a World Series his very first year. Also, when he was hired by the Yankees, he was hired in the offseason season of 1931 it was just after the season um and the yankees had an early press conference to announce you know um joe mccarthy being the manager so jacob rupert had him talk at a press conference and and i guess uh rupert joked after the press conference that um he said maybe he'll here uh stay here long enough to learn my name because i guess during the press conference joe mccarthy actually mispronounced rupert's name and so, I mean, I'm, I'm sure, obviously, coming from Chicago and, and uh, never playing in the major leagues, he must have been pretty nervous getting there. But at the same time, too, though, Joe McCarthy was a manager who, who um, I mean, they call he's a guy that they, they his, he actually was nicknamed Marsh Joe, which if you look up the term Marsh Joe, it's basically just means like it's a term of respect. It's kind of like a Master Joe or, or Sensei Joe or Coach Joe. So it's, it's kind of like that uh, if you weren't familiar with the um, definition of Marsh Joe. But um, anyways, uh, further, uh, so he was known as Marsh Joe because he had a lot of pride in doing things the right way. Um, and he was mostly, a kind, it was a very similar, sounds like he was a very similar manager to Joe Torre. Uh, they called it a push-button manager. Back then, he, he tended to like kind of be more strategical and usually he kind of would wait to let... So he would kind of give them give his chance his players a chance to play, and he would wait for the right moment to make his uh, decisions to pull a starter or what whatever he needed to do, and he was usually always thinking in the game. And I guess he always he never left the dugout the 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 bench in the dugout. He always had a command post in the dugout. Like he was the first Yankees manager actually to really kind of kind of like George Steinbrenner. Like he didn't like players, he, he didn't like players like going out late at night. He wanted to make sure his team was there early for for every game. Like he, he had certain rules. Some some of the rules that he had, um, he even had a rule that said, and I'm sure this might have, because you know at that time in 1932, Babe Ruth was getting older, but he also had a reputation for staying out late and eat, overeating, and of course with the the weight and all that. But there was actually a rule where he had that he had, saying that there were no hot dogs or peanuts in the New York Yankees dugout. Um, also, some other rules. All players except starting pitchers had to appear before 8.30 in the morning um, for breakfast, and they had to wear their suits. So I just thought that was interesting. Um, players were told to shave um, before every game, which is you know not much different than it is now. Um, I'm not sure. How, it didn't say how, how like, if they had to shave. Like, I would imagine kind of like, like today's players because I don't think any of them really – Joe DiMaggio or Lou Gehrig, none of them really ever had beards. But I don't think they typically wore beards back then. At least not, there weren't as many players with beards um, for whatever reason. It just maybe probably wasn't a thing as much. Also, I guess he also eliminated distractions and hobbies for himself too. Not not just for his players, but he expected a lot of that stuff from himself. And I guess he was very, like he was always into the game. Like even if it was, even after the game, he would be preparing for the next game or he'd be getting ready he'd be going through what just happened and and so he was very much a thinking manager and he put his whole heart and soul and that's probably why he was so successful with the Yankees obviously being the winning winningest manager in Yankees history of course he did manage the most seasons ever in Yankees history uh you know for a manager um so also another thing was I guess he actually he had uh the Yankees 
um, wear their caps and jerseys. They he actually had them cut larger, like they, he he wanted the because he wanted them to appear bigger. So I guess that's why the Yankees started wearing their pants a little bit bigger, like they would have uh, baggier uniforms and stuff. But I, I, that I had never really had heard of before. But I guess I, I had I had uh, read that. But anyways, that so that was something that I had found out that I found interesting. Also um, about Joe McCarthy, he never roamed the dugout. Like I said, he just stayed right there at his post, uh, sitting right there next to his other coaches and just watching the game, just surveying the field and. Uh, you know, basically strategizing and, and figuring out when to make changes and when not to and what to do and just different things. So also he was a very prideful manager. He he didn't like if a player was being um, like uh, disrespectful or anything. Um, he, liked, he liked players to play the game the right way. Um, so he was very reminiscent of a, you know, George Steinbrenner and even Jacob Rupert, because Jacob Rupert, it sounds like I can see why he hired Joe McCarthy, because everything I've looked up about Jacob Rupert kind of seems to be very similar to George Steinbrenner. It seems like, it seems like once McCarthy took over, like he really started making the Yankees, because the Yankees had a little bit of a low between 19, um, 1928 was their last World Series title between uh, uh, until 1932, and McCarthy, of course, took over in 32. So... They had a little bit of a low. I mean, it was only two years, really, two or three, well, three years, I guess. But um, so I mean, since they had a little bit of a low, McCarthy came in there and he kind of got rid of some bad habits, and and that's that really um, made the Yankees a lot better. And it wasn't just because I think before, uh, like in the early twenties, it seems like you know they kind of went on the the fact that they had such a great Yankees lineup with Tony Lazari and um, Babe Ruth and Lou Gehrig and that whole Murderer's Row team and and some really good pitchers with Herb Pennock being there and uh, Urban Shocker and and um, uh, Wait Hoyt. So they, they had just a lot of really good players. But then at, as Joe McCarthy got in there, and, and I'm sure Miller Huggins was, um, I'm sure he was very similar, had some, had some similarities anyway to Joe McCarthy. I'm sure he didn't, I'm sure he was also, um, also wanted respected. Like he also wanted the players to respect the game, but at the same time, though, too, it sounds like McCarthy was a little bit more hands-on than Miller Huggins might have been. So, anyways, moving on, Joe McCarthy finished first and second every every year except for uh, one season in um, his first 13 seasons with, as manager of the New York Yankees. So, I mean, that's that's a remarkable consistency. Um, and he actually, um, well, he actually won seven World Series titles with the New York Yankees in his time. One of the worst years um, he had uh, was he was eighty-eight and sixty-six. And also, he he was um, he never managed a team in, in his entire baseball career. He all twenty-four seasons as a manager, he never managed a team to a losing record, which is um, fantastic. And also, and this is, this one kind of surprised me. I didn't realize this. He was the first manager to separate. Um, starting pitchers from relief pitchers. Um, 1932, uh, he also became the first manager to win an American League and National League pennant. Of course, before, like I said, 1926, I think it was, uh, he helped the Cubs. I believe, I believe it was 26 or 28. I'm not sure, but he had managed the Cubs once to the um, to the World Series, and of course, in 32, managed the Yankees to their first World Series since 1928, and um, he was the first manager. To do to do that in both leagues. So 
then uh, after 1932, 1933 and 35, they had two, basically three um, second place finishes. Uh, then 1936 to 1939, they won four World Series titles in a row, um, which is um, n- hadn't really been done. I don't think at that. I'm not even sure if it had ever been done, to be honest. Um, and then uh, after that, 1940, like I had mentioned before, um, that that I think might have been their worst year, and they were only 88 and 66 um, under Joe McCarthy. Um, 1941 to 1943, they won two more World Series titles. One of those years, I believe, was 1942 against St. Louis. They lost. I think that was in seven games. But uh, 41 and 43, they won, they won two more World Series. And obviously, after 43, that was the that was the seventh World Series title that. Um, you know, Joe McCarthy won with the New York Yankees. And, and actually, I believe that's the most that a New York Yankee manager has ever won. I think, I'm not sure about Casey Stengel. He might have one more than Joe McCarthy. But anyway, so McCarthy has, he obviously did a lot of, um, a lot of good things for the New York Yankees. Uh, one thing though, is that McCarthy, he was, by this point in time in the 1940s, he was drinking a lot more. And I guess he was known for being an alcoholic, um, but it had never really gotten to a bad point. Uh, as I guess the years went by, it really, like, it was taking its toll. And then it was around the early 1940s, I believe, or maybe it was 1940, I'm not sure exactly, but Jacob Rupert ended up selling the team. And there was some new owners, and there it was Dan Topping, Del Webb and Larry McPhail, and McPhail, I believe, um, was the more the main one that didn't get along with um, Joe McCarthy. But they really all didn't they didn't really have a very good relationship. The, the new owners and McCarthy, and that really took a toll on McCarthy, and it led to more drinking and and stuff like that. And and ended up uh, leading up to uh, 1946 season. Uh, it was only 35 games in May 24th and. Um, 35 games into the season, like I mentioned, they were six games back of the Red Sox. And the Yankees had, they had lost two in a row prior to that day. Um, so I guess McCarthy, he was, he was drunk because um, after the game, he was, wasn't doing well. Um, but I guess after the game, when he, after he got drunk, he ended up chewing out a starting pitcher for the Yankees named Joe Page. And he was chewing him out because he was seeing it was, he had been having too many late nights out drinking. And um, I feel like this was and obviously this was when you know things were getting kind of out of hand for McCarthy and I I'm I would imagine that's probably why he of course ended up soon resigning um as manager um because I guess he ended up he actually failed to show up to a series in Detroit with the Tigers and um he he ended up going back to his farm in Amherst New York which is upstate New York around Buffalo New York I guess and he ended up resigning by telegram actually um, which is kind of odd. I mean, obviously, there was a lot of tension between Joe McCarthy and the ownership, so there was really, I'm, I'm sure there were a lot of things that were going on then, and, I mean, obviously, that doesn't really um, make, make the fact that um, Joe McCarthy just left, got up and left, basically, and just didn't show up to the next game. It doesn't really make that right, but at the same time, playing, spending 16 years in New York as a manager, it's got to be extremely difficult. In fact, actually, Joe DiMaggio said, um, about his manager, uh, Joe McCarthy, um, at that time, he had said um, he, he was worried about the team playing so lousy and that, um, you know, he, 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 could, he could tell that uh, McCarthy was not eating right either. So it had to be a lot that Joe McCarthy was dealing with, um, just with the, that relationship with the owners. And, um, as, like, if you're a manager, I'm sure, like, if you don't have the 
respect of the new owners, I'm sure that kind of goes a long way. And like at that time, you know, he had won four World Series in, in a row with the Yankees. And then they won two out of three World Series, which wasn't quite as much. And I'm sure maybe the new owners had a lot more expectations. I don't know. I mean, there could have been a lot more uh, of other things behind the scenes, too. Uh, so anyways, um, Joe McCarthy, he ended up eventually going back into the managing with the Boston Red Sox in 1948. Um, their other manager, Joe Cronin, um, he, he was the manager. He ended up getting promoted to Red Sox general manager. Then on the first day of spring training, he actually wore an open-collared shirt, which is um, completely different than what he was doing with the Yankees. He wanted to make sure they were they were all wearing suits and stuff like that. But I guess his reasoning was that for for not making the Red Sox wear suits and, and ties and stuff like that was because I guess Ted Williams um, never wore a tie, and apparently he must have known that. So he kind of let go of his own dress code because of that. And uh, McCarthy actually said about Ted Williams, if I can't get along with a 400 hitter, they ought to fire me right now. And the Red Sox ended up going on to win to win a lot of games that year. They won 96 games. I guess they played a tiebreaker against the Indians in 1948. They ended up losing 8-3. to And, uh, of course, the Indians went on to win the World Series in 1948 against the Boston Braves, I believe. Um, then the very next year, 1949, um, the, I guess they, uh, he had led the Red Sox um, to uh, first place. Um, and the only thing this time was that the Yankees were uh, a game out. And there were two games left. And the Yankees ended up coming back and beating them in the last two games. And, of course, the Yankees went to the World Series. And I believe that's when they started, uh, the, the Yankees started their run with their newer manager at this time, Casey Stengel. And the Yankees won five in a row. But that, that was the very first one. I think it was 49 to 53. So um, then after that, it uh, wasn't that long for before, you know, Joe McCarthy ended up resigning from the Red Sox, which was 1950. The, the Red Sox were 31 and 28 that year in 1950 um, by late June. And they were eight games back in the division. June 21st, I guess Joe McCarthy didn't show up for a game versus the White Sox again, which is, I, I wonder if that was, I don't know if that, that was typical of managers back then if, the, if things were going well and they just didn't show up I would imagine it probably wasn't because you know obviously Joe, Joe McCarthy was known for having a drinking problem like I mentioned and um, I guess that 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 was something that uh, there were a lot of speculations about at that time and I guess he insisted um, before that he was insisted that uh, he was going to remain the manager but um, you know the gen general manager Joe Cronin who had been promoted early, early when uh, they had hired McCarthy in 1948 um he he had uh, suspected that you know McCarthy had lost his competitive fire which seems to be very true um and I, it sounds like maybe he even he might have even lost his competitive fire maybe in like the early 1940s you no know, after, after maybe like 43 or so um after the Yankees won their last World Series with him I, I wonder if just ha having managed so many years in New York it takes a a lot of takes a toll. I mean, Joe Torre managed 12 years with the Yankees, and it really didn't end all that well for Joe Torre. Of course, I mean, he did end up technically getting fired. I mean, I guess you could say his contract ran out, but they weren't really bringing him back. So uh, regardless, though, uh, even 12 years is a long time to manage in New York. So sometimes I can, like, even Joe Girardi, I was very surprised that he didn't come back um, at the Yankees and, like, let him go. I mean, I... I uh, although I do like Aaron Boone, I think he's a good manager. You know, I can see why they do kind of put a little bit of a limit on managers 
because I feel like managing in New York or even Boston for that matter or any big city, but especially in New York with all the media attention and, and especially the expectations of being a, a New York Yankee manager, it's going to be a lot. So that's basically how the career of Joe McCarthy went as Joe Cronin, of course, so like I said, he, he suspected that uh, McCarthy lost his competitive fire and he ended up persuading McCarthy to resign. And that was pretty much it for McCarthy um, for his managerial career. He did end up going into the Hall of Fame in 1957. McCarthy managed 24 seasons and like I said, he never led any, uh, never, never, he never had any team that um, had a losing record. Um, so every single team that he managed every single season, they had at least a, a winning record. So, um, I, I mean, just that in itself shows how good of a manager he was. He was able to make the most of, of what he had with his players. Um, so whatever he had definitely must have worked. So, and I guess he had some rules actually about like baseball players and how to play the game the right way. And he actually called called them i guess i don't know if he called them the ten commandments um for like baseball rules or, or whatever it was but i guess i guess they actually that they actually termed it that which i had found in a in my research um but I, the number one commandment that he had uh for judging talent basically because i guess he was a really good talent evaluator and just he knew how to spot talent on the on the baseball field obviously with all the things he did and managing 16 seasons so the number one commandment he had was nobody ever became a ball player by walking after a ball. Number two was you will never become a 300 hitter unless you take your take the bat off your shoulder. And number three is an outfielder who throws after a runner is locking the barn door after the house is stolen. And that one's a little, kind of a weird way to put it, but I guess if you think about it, it kind of makes sense. And number four is keep your head up and you may not have to keep it down. Number five, when you start to slide, slide. He who changes his mind may have to change a good leg for a bad one. Number six, do not alibi on bad hops. Anybody can field the good ones. Number seven, always run them out. You never can tell. Number eight, do not quit. Number nine, do not fight with the too much with the umpires. You can't expect them to be as perfect as you are. And number 10 is a pitcher who hasn't control, hasn't anything. So those are kind of like the rules he kind of used to kind of judge the talent that his players had and what players should play more. He was a really good talent evaluator. And uh, if you think about it, a lot of those rules still apply today. Obviously, there's a lot of, there's a little different wording in there, but I just thought that was interesting. Um, like I said, he became a Hall of Famer in 1957. Also, Joe McCarthy's a member, I guess he's a charter member of the Buffalo Baseball Hall of Fame. Um, he was named in 1985 there and 1957 for the Baseball Writers Hall of Fame. And rightfully so, because, you know, Joe McCarthy was a great manager, winningest manager in Yankees history, like I mentioned. And actually, I believe he managed all... Um, 16 years with the Yankees, I think, is the most anybody's ever managed for the Yankees, which is an incredible amount of time to spend, in, on, especially in New York, with the Yankees as their manager. Um, but anyways, he ended up passing away of pneumonia at the age of 90 years old in 1978, as I had mentioned before. He was um, in the postseason, too. He had a record of 29-9, and which is phenomenal. And um, uh, with the Cubs, actually, he was only 1-4. and um, so he had never won the World Series with any other team besides the Yankees. So anyways, that's basically my tribute to Joe McCarthy. As far as I'm concerned, Joe McCarthy, in my opinion, I, I have to kind of put him, him and Casey Stengel are like neck and neck as the best managers in Yankees history. If I had to take a, if I had to pick one, I probably would pick Joe McCarthy a little bit over Casey Stengel just because 
he did manage uh, a few more years than uh, Casey Stengel. And not that that really has a lot. I mean, the only, I think Casey Stengel was a great manager. And I, from what I've heard, he's, he's been like, he's very much, he was kind of like Billy Martin before. It was like Billy Martin's mentor, I believe. And he, he was very much a thinking manager, even more so probably it sounds like than you know, than uh, Joe McCarthy. And also, it's, so it seems like um, both of them were, I think both of them were just like one on one A. They were both great managers. In my opinion, McCarthy, I think I would, I, I, the only reason why I give him a little bit of the edge is because McCarthy, I feel like the fact that he managed for 16 seasons in New York, two different uh, ownership groups, and that that's a long time to manage um a, a team in New York, especially a team like the Yankees, who are expected to win every single year. Um, but at the same time, you know, Casey Stengel and Joe Torre, and the, there's a lot of Yankees have had a lot of great managers. But one last thing before I go, the Historic Pinstripes is a proud member of the 4041 Media family with other podcasts such as Psych Your Crime, Free Your Geek, Movie Theater Time Machine, Real Talk with Sensei Nick, and a bunch of other podcasts, streamers, and you can also feel free to go to www.4041media.com for more information on all of that stuff. If you have anything you want to share about Joe McCarthy, feel free to uh, tweet us at HistoricNYY or, or just reply to any of our tweets on um, our Twitter. Um, like I said, the Twitter is at HistoricNYY. Facebook is the Historic Pinstripe Show and Instagram at Historic Pinstripes. You can feel free to comment Um if you want to, if you see any of our posts, and just feel free to share your opinion of Joe McCarthy if you would like. If not, you can just feel free to listen. I appreciate it very, very much. So once again, thank you all for listening, everybody. And as always, go Yankees!